Welcome to our CyberWise Chats, where we talk about the challenges of raising and teaching digital kids. I'm Diana Graber, author of Raising Humans in a Digital World and founder of CyberWise and CyberCivics. Join every episode with Dr. Pamela Rutledge, who's the director of the Media Psychology Research Center. Our always lively conversations tackle topics like cyberbullying, screen time, TikTok, and everything in between. We've got some great guests and promise each chat will give you the tips, tricks, and confidence you need to help kids use technology safely and wisely. Hello, everyone. Uh, give me just a moment here. I'm going to try to start our Facebook Live at the same time. Okay. All right. Welcome, everybody, to our uh, reinvigorated CyberWise chats. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about navigating the holidays during COVID using uh, technology. So I'm really excited to be doing this with Dr. Pamela Rutledge. Um, I met Pam while I was pursuing my master's in media psychology and social change okay. at Fielding Graduate University. Um, she was my professor and has become my mentor. And honest to God, she is the smartest person I know about this stuff when it comes to human behavior and technology. You are going to learn so much from her today. I'm very excited about it. Um, and I think these talks are a little bit different because we really are looking at psychology here. We're not just kind of throwing you parent advice. We're really basing it in research, psychology background, et cetera. So um, I think that's lacking in a lot of parent talks today. So I think hopefully that you'll find some value in that. Correct, Pam? Absolutely. And our plan is to start offering these every other Tuesday at, around this time. So more on that later. But hi, Pam. <laughs> How are you? Hi, Diana. You? It's great to be here. Now, it's an important time to be doing this because people have so many questions. There were questions already, and now we've got COVID. So it, it sort of raises the bar on the what the heck is going on and what do we do about media and technology as we're trying right. to figure it out. Right. Right. And so a couple of things before we get started. Um, we have Arius behind the scenes. She's going to be manning our chat box. If you have any questions as we go, put them in there. She'll be fielding them. In the meantime, we got questions already. I have a big, huge PDF. You can't see it with my background, can you? Um, <laughs> that we'll be sending afterwards. And if you're watching this on Facebook Live, you can subscribe to our newsletter on the CyberWise website. Um, and it will be handed out via that method as well. So without further ado, we're going to jump right in. Uh, so, Pam, I have a question for you. Okay. Sent by somebody. Uh, during the holidays, how much should I worry about screen time? Okay, so you know what I'm going to say about this, which is that you shouldn't worry about it at all. And that's for a couple of reasons. One is because this is an extraordinary time. And you really need to figure out what your goals are rather than how, how long some, some arbitrary measure. But the other is this notion of screen time is, is completely wrong. There is no such thing as screen screen time unless that doesn't risk that doesn't take into account what device what's the content what's the context are you watching with others or are you watching by yourself so all of those things make much more difference than the concept of screen time and in fact there is no real proof that screen time causes anything because all that research is correlational it's a relationship it is not causal there's a lot of other things going on. Okay. And then I'm going to give you the opposite end of the spectrum. I think you should okay. worry about screen time a little bit, not a lot. <laughs> you shouldn't lose sleep over it um, because I do believe that little children need time away from screens. Um, so I'm going to tell you okay. with the American Academy of Pediatrics in normal times, what they recommend is no screens at all between zero and 18 months, between 18 and 24 months, 
uh, choose your quality programming and do it together. Between two and six, limit it to one hour per day. Over six, they get away from time entirely, but they say to do it together and to be mindful of other things in life. So all of those are great recommendations. Throw them out the window right now. Every expert will tell you we are in extraordinary times. So give yourself a break because this is really different than anything we've ever seen before. But do make a plan. And what that means is have an agreement with each child on what's appropriate based on their age and stage. Um, do things together. This is a great time to find out what they love about technology um, and ask them what they're doing as they get older. So we'll talk about all of that. Anything else regarding screen time, Pam, that I may have skipped? Yeah, because I want to say that, I mean, I totally agree with you that balance is really the goal. It isn't some arbitrary number, but you do have to set some kind of agreement ahead of time with kids. Mm -hmm. It's much easier to get them to unplug if you say, okay, remember we had this agreement. Then if you just sort of drop in on them when they're, you know, mid game and expect them to check out. The other thing that I want to emphasize, though, is that kids aren't getting any time to socialize with their friends a lot of that socialization is taking place in video games or in Snapchat or in these other places that look have look like they have no value to parents oftentimes, but where the kids are actually having a very meaningful social experience. So do not assume that because your teenager doesn't want to unplug that it's addiction or narcissism or all those things. It's not, it's a normal developmental task to yeah. stay connected. Yeah. And you know, something else I forgot to mention about our little list of children uh, when the American Academy of Pediatrics said no screen times between zero and 18 months, they made an exception for one kind of screen time and it's FaceTiming, face-to-face -face video chatting, that kind of thing. They found that to be beneficial even for our very youngest of children. And that's super important because especially today when they go out in the wild, they see people with their faces covered. So they're not having that opportunity to read facial expressions, which is a really important milestone for young children to understand. That's how they build empathy right. and understanding. So I would argue that this is a great time to put your littlest of children in, on your lap and FaceTime with grandma or whatever, because right. they're going to get those important skills that they're missing out in the real world right now. And, and you're creating a relationship between right. grandma and the kid that it isn't you know that all this distancing is really hard to have, feel like it's palpable and that means that when we get back to whatever our new normal is that grandma and grandpa will feel like they know that this you know their grandchildren or exactly. that you know that you've had a, your nieces and nephews or whomever that you've had a chance to really you know engage with them in a meaningful kind of way exactly. all right so i'm going to get to our next question which is what platforms do you suggest families use to connect online? There's a lot of them right now, right, Pam? There are a lot of them. There's a lot of them. And, and you hear a lot about the ones that get used in business most often. So, with, But just know that all of these business platforms, almost every one of them, has a free version for individuals, especially right now. Zoom, WebEx, Google Meets, all of those have free versions. They do have time limits, so they'll cut you off between 40 minutes and an hour, depending upon the platform. But it's it's free and you can have up to 100 participants. And so if you have more family members than that, God help you, because, you know, that'll be that'll be an event. Um, you know, we joked the other day, please, you know, get a moderator if you have more than a few people. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but just know, know that you could have to download the platforms so that everyone's on the same one. So you can't be on Google Meets if your friends are on Zoom. Right. You have to all agree to do the same one. So generally having the moderator, having somebody in charge allows you to have that standard set, a link to go out so people can get on easily. 
All of those platforms also have mobile apps. So if you're trying to connect with people who aren't attached to a laptop anymore and they're just going mobile, it's easy for them. Yeah. Do you have a favorite? I don't know if I have a favorite. I use Zoom a lot. Yeah. You can change your background. That's pretty fun. Um, and it's it's it seems pretty easy for people who aren't using technology to get on, to use it, and to be comfortable. So, you know, it, it does have that that advantage. Um, you know, the diff the difficult thing about all of these these platforms when you have to set up a meeting is that it's not spontaneous. And so that's the one yeah. thing we really miss from the holidays is we're just stopping by. And yeah. so there are some apps, and I've had my entire family download House Party because it notifies you when one of your family members is online so that you can chat, video chat, you can play a game, you can do all of those things. And it's a much more casual and less um, yeah. organized event. But, you know, you aren't going to have a moderator. You aren't going to have those potentials or those capabilities, but uh, you'll be able to have a much more casual engagement. Yeah. There's actually a couple other ones that I wanted to mention that I really like. Um, okay. There was one a long time ago called Appearin, and I understand now it's called Whereby. And oh, again, okay. we'll be sending these out in a PDF. But this one, you can do video meetings without any logins or downloads, which a lot of people really appreciate. Um, you can screen share, record, and it's free for up to four users. Another one just got released, like I think this week. This one's called Backyard. I saw that, yeah. Yeah, not cool. It's also a free platform, and it combines games, video, and chat all in one. It was released just last Friday. Um, you can play, it has these games built in, like Tile, which is like Scrabble, Code Words, which is like Code Names, and Cards Against Humanity. So I think that's a really cool one to check out. And then as far as the spontaneity thing, um, that's why I like FaceTime because it is spontaneous. You don't have to, you know, it's in, if you're an Apple user, it's just in your device. So if you want to quickly right. audio or face chat with your children, which I do all the time, and a lot of times it's just audio um, and it works better than, you know, a lot of times I have terrible cell coverage, but I can always get them via FaceTime. That's a great one. And then there's the old standby Skype, you know, that was right. kind of one of the first ones and it's still a great tool to use. So yes. A lot of good free stuff out right. there to connect with tools. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Backyard and, and House Party are quite similar in, in that regard that you can be on and, and play games. What I liked about the Backyard demo was that you actually saw people's faces while yeah. you were playing games, which I thought was very cool. Yeah, and they're built in, so you don't have to go to the trouble of figuring out how to integrate a game with right. an, a tool. So right. really great one to look up. Uh, I see Arius is putting them in the chat box, so thank you, Arius. Okay, Pam, let's move on my notes here. Another question that someone sent us. Oh, this is a good one. My parents are quite elderly. How do I teach them how to use Zoom or any of these apps if I am not there in person? Really good question. You have to plan ahead and explain things. Um, the best way to do it is to start with an email that has instructions or if your elderly person is savvy enough to find a website, Zoom has excellent resources in terms of support and very clear um, descriptions of how to do things. There's also some sites, and if you Google them, I know WARP also has instructions on how to Zoom for people that are written specifically for, for non-techies. But the best thing to do is FaceTime them, have them go on their computer and talk them through the installation of Zoom. Because once they get it, 
then they're, you know, then they're good to go and they'll use it for other things too, besides just family. My uh, stepmother is, uh, you know, using it for her committee meetings because they can't meet in person. So. So I have kind of a funny story about that. My family, I have four siblings and parents and we've got kids and all that. So we meet on Zoom every Sunday night. And uh, within my family, I have, my dad's an engineer and my brother is an engineer. They've both, both built their own computers over the years, et cetera. So I'm gonna let you guess out of about 15 of us who are the worst ones at using Zoom. It's the two <laughs> computer builders. Like, I hope they're not watching because they're gonna be really mad at me. They're terrible at it. And so it, and my mom, who's 88, she is a Zoom master. Like she is always on first, her audio is perfect, et cetera. So don't discount the elderly. Sometimes they're better than the young ones that right. you know everything about technology. The other thing- So I what is it say, that they can't do? I want to know what they can't okay, do. So, uh, well, my brother, I don't know. One day he showed up and he was upside down. I don't even know what <laughs> that was all about. And then my dad will talk for half an hour, not realizing his audio is not on. So. You're on mute. You're They're on mute. getting better. But um, I do want to say there's a couple great tools. Um, a lot of times when I'm doing parent presentations and they don't know how to use anything, I always send them to YouTube. YouTube is like the dictionary for how do I do this? So if you want to know how to use Zoom, how do I use Zoom on YouTube? You'll have some great tutorials there. In addition to that, there's a, a, a site I really like called Tech Boomers. Um, and it has great tutorials on all kinds of stuff for the boomers. Us, Pam. So, yeah, right. But it tells it tells you how to do anything. It's got. I think they have like eight different tutorials in there, specifically for Zoom, Skype, FaceTime, all of that. Okay. And then, um, yeah, those are my two tips. So, uh, those are great places to go. Do it ahead of time. You can co-watch with somebody in your family, so that if they have questions, they can ask you afterwards. But so many great resources to learn how to use these free tools. Yeah, I, I think that's just it's just planning ahead. And we, you know, we plan ahead for a lot of things, but technology seems like we should be able to do it instantaneously because so much is so easy. But there are certain things that really require pre-planning to make sure that everyone can connect and get to the part that matters, which is talking right. to each other, not right. you know, muting, unmuting, and all those other uh, skills and techniques. Yes. Okay, here's a good one. Um, we're kind of focusing a lot on Zoom today because that seems to be the platform of use right now. So Pam, any ideas on how to use the features in Zoom to make our family meetings more fun? I think that's a, I mean, that's a great point. We were talking um, right before we started about how sometimes these family Zooms aren't very fun for the kids. And, um, and then there's also this, this seems to be this need to make them last an hour, which is totally unnecessary. This is not a business meeting. You're not billing for this. So I think there's a lot of fun ways you can do it. You can play games, you know, charades, um, and uh, Pictionary, and in fact, there are places online that will generate charade cards for you. GetCharades.com, for example, will generate charades for you. Um, RandomWordGenerator.com will generate Pictionary words for you. So you don't have to do that work. You just have to get everyone on screen. You can also um, download a Snapchat filter and use Snapchat as your camera for Zoom and so you can put filters on yourself when you're talking to each other, which I think would be really fun. And just so you know, I am not in the mountains right now. And Pam is not in front of forest fire. She's in Newport Beach and it's about 80 degrees today. 
So, but Arius made us these beautiful backgrounds, and it's kind of a fun thing to do with your family. Have the kids make funny backgrounds, and yeah, and you can use your kids' own art. All you have to do is take a picture of them. You can do that with your phone, up you know, and put it right into your Zoom background. It's super easy. So. You know, I think there's a lot of fun ways. You just have to remember that just because you're on Zoom doesn't mean you can't do some of the things you would have done anyway. People are creating scavenger hunts. They're doing family trivia. And in fact, there's a bingo. There's also myfreebingocards.com, which will allow you to print out bingo cards so that you can uh, play bingo with everybody that's on Zoom, which, which really is a nice way to bridge generations and keep, you know, younger people engaged so that they don't, you know, aren't bored or under the gun or, you know, wishing that they could go back to Fortnite. Yeah. So a couple of things I wanted to share, because I use Zoom a lot because I teach right now uh, middle school students. And unfortunately, we do it on Zoom, but I've learned really how to use the platform. And I love the screen share. Um, and it's something that you can do with your families is share your screen and go into your photos and share, do a photo. Like it's almost like doing in the old days, we used to play family movies. You can do that right with your <laughs> computer and show pictures to your family of what you've been doing. Um, the other feature I really like in Zoom is the breakout rooms. On the bottom, you'll see breakout rooms. And when you open it, it asks you how many rooms you want to make. So if you have 12 family members, you can maybe put the kids in their own breakout room and they can play a game together. And then, you know, the adults can talk. Don't talk politics. That's another tip. I have. <laughs> That's another tip. Right. Talk about anything but politics, but breakout rooms. And then you can set, set it up for however long you want. When you're done, you can say, close the breakout rooms. It gives them like a, I think a 60 second warning and they, everyone comes back to the main group, but that's a great feature to use. If you want to break into small, it's like going into the other room. Um, <laughs> the other, Oh, this is something else that we've been doing with my family, which is awesome. We never would do this in real life, but have them tell stories about their youth, you know, and, and record it so that you're showing, you know, you have it for posterity. So that's pretty cool. And then the last thing I want to say, there's these virtual board games you can play on Zoom. Uh, Texas Hold'em is one of them. And then something else super cool that I learned about yesterday. It's called Tabletopia. Hopefully Arius can get that one on, on, in the chat box. Tabletopia, it's an online arena for playing more than 900 board games. The same what way you happened? would in real life. Um, you can play on a desktop browser for Mac or Windows or download the platform on Steam, the App Store, or the Google Play Store. So Tabletopia, I thought that was a really, I mean, and it's free right now, um, I believe through 2021. So another great, free, awesome thing. Yeah, I love all this creativity. You know, necessity is the mother of invention. And so you're seeing all of these companies creating things. And I think that's the attitude we need to have when we're trying to recraft these holidays, because how we think about the holidays, how we look at them as opportunities rather than problems, changes how we experience the whole thing. And it influences all the people that we we touch. So games, all these ways of reaching out. And even if they don't work out, it doesn't matter. I mean, the best stories come from when things you know went south. So um, it's really the effort and, and the open-mindedness to try and figure out how to make things work right now that's uh, key. Yeah, and one of the things that we try to do through cyber civics is teach the kids how to use technology positively and productively. This is such a good time for that because there are these wonderful tools and it's all about connection. Um, right. So I'm hoping that that's the upside that we're taking out of COVID is we're learning to be 
like using these things in really wonderful ways to connect and not to waste time like perhaps some of us did in the past so there's a little silver lining here i think no ab absolutely yes use connection as your measuring stick yeah. for whether or not screen time's a good idea right not so, not some minutes so pam the next question goes hand in hand with the previous question um my kids always find excuses not to participate in our family Zooms. Any ideas how to entice them? Well, you know, kids have a different framework for technology than, than older people. So I think it's, it's important to sort of sit down with them and pick their brains because you need to find something that's fun or funny or at least the least lame thing that you can think of, but let them drive some of it. And so whether that's letting them document the holiday and sharing videos online, teaching people how to use TikTok to, you know, lip sync or do a dance or um, any of those things that sort of taps into what they like to do and what they're doing. Um, it can make a big difference to their participation. And kids love nothing better than to be smarter than you at something. So having them teach you something about these apps or a game um, is a great way to get them engaged. Let them laugh at you. It's all good. Um, but the other thing that I think is good as, you, as kids get more mature is that places like Spotify will let you make collaborative playlists. Mm -hmm. So if you put the kids on with their cousins, maybe they can make a playlist for the holiday and take some ownership in what people are listening to. That's a great idea. Um, I like that a lot. So here's a couple other ideas as well. Like, um, I know I get asked by parents about TikTok primarily, and this is a really great way to share TikTok videos. You know, you can share your screen, have the kids show you their TikTok videos, ask them about the TikTok challenges that are popular right now. There's some really interesting things kids are doing with that app. The other two that, of course, you've probably heard about Fortnite. This is a great time to play Fortnite together with your kids on a screen or Among Us, which is the new hot video game, which is actually pretty interesting. It's kind of a sci-fi thriller whodunit type of thing um, ask them about that and you can play that together on your screen as well and then Pam you were going to mention something called um, familyalbum.com maybe you could explain what that is well I was looking for ways that people could get together and share pictures because that's the one thing that people like to do is share experience and if you can then put everybody's having individual holidays, put all the pictures together so that people feel like they can be there with each other. So familyalbum.com is a place where you can upload and collaborate on creating a family album, but you can also do that uh, for totally for free on Google photo where you create albums um, and share them with people. Just, I want just do check your privacy settings whenever ever you're sharing anything. Don't just wing off a link without looking to see you know, how the access that you're providing so that your photos do stay um, yours. <laughs> right. That's a, that's a great tip. Um, you know, along those lines, there's a couple other things that I found that were pretty cool. So I don't know if you know what an escape room is. Do you know, have you heard of that mm -hmm. before, Pam? So escape rooms are a really fun, interesting game to play. And you can actually do that via Zoom or other platforms. Okay. And there's a great one that's a Harry Potter themed escape room. So if you were to Google Harry Potter escape room, it's for kids to play. Well, anyone could play it, really. I'm a huge Harry Potter fan, so I'd probably like it. <laughs> um, and then the other thing, and I didn't even know this, but all of the uh, the Netflix, Amazon Prime and Disney Plus 
and airtime for YouTube. They all offer the family together feature. Did you know this? No, I, I, I just learned that. about this too. So for example, Netflix party now called teleparty, you can sign up for it and you can watch shows together and comment together during the show. Well, how fun. Isn't that cool? Yeah, it is. So cool. that's a great thing for people to do, like, especially if you're living alone, you know, uh, connect with family, friends, whatever, watch something together and make it a party. So all of them, Netflix, Amazon, Disney Plus, and YouTube all offer that feature. And again, we'll put that in the PDF. Do we forget anything? Any ways to engage uh, the kids? Um, no, for any I think, of us. You know, I think, yeah, yeah it's. Yeah, creativity, open-mindedness, and being willing to give anything a go to see how it works. Right. Okay, and here's a, this is a really good question too, and it's it's completely different from the previous one. So I'm single, and normally the holidays provide an opportunity for me to see my friends and meet new people. So the prospect of spending them alone is daunting. Any ideas? Um, I love this question for, for because right now we're talking about how do we do something? And that question says also take some time to think about who you know that's out there in a situation where they're feeling isolated or unconnected. Mm -hmm. So there's things that you can do for yourself to feel more connected, and there's things that you can do for others to make them feel more connected. Um, some of this is arranging things like, um, you know, cocktail hour or tea parties or whatever at a specific time, having lunch with somebody and involving them, sort of looping them into. To your activities. Um, Arius had a wonderful idea, which is to send um, a little gift ahead so that there's a tangible evidence of, of what you're, you know, that you're carrying independent of just whatever you're Zooming. Obviously, we're a little bit late for that for Thanksgiving, but I think that's a wonderful way to approach the holidays is to just look for token, you know, fuzzy slippers, scarf, you know, bottle of honey, you know, whatever token things that give people the physical sense that you're thinking about them. Yeah. You know what? In Arius, she walks the talk because I recently had a birthday and she sent me a bottle of wine, flowers and chocolate and had oh, it delivered. Wow. And, you know, it was completely safe and it, it was re very touching to get something physical in the mail like that. So thank you, Arius. Um, okay. So I had a couple of thoughts on that as well. So if you know me, I'm big into the outdoors. Um, and I ride my bike a lot. Well, I broke my wrist, so that's sort of been curtailed for a bit, but normally I ride my bike a lot. Just got back on and you go outside and I read yesterday that doing outdoor activities is the safest thing right now. There's a lot of people outside. And so ride a bike, go for a walk, go for a hike. It's going to lift your spirits and it's a great way to meet people, new people in a safe, in a safer environment, wear a mask if you feel comfortable doing that. Right. I was going to say, um, keep I, a mask in your pocket. Yeah, I would really just say, like, get in the great outdoors. It's probably the safest place to be right now. Um, something else pretty cool that I just learned about, um, Jackbox games. So Aries could look with that. Jackbox games, multiplayer party game options that you stream or screen share from one device to a group for a virtual game night. <laughs> oh, fine. So I thought that was pretty cool. And then I really agree with you, Pam. That's just, you know, reach out to other people that are feeling isolated too and take advantage of, you know, any of these platforms to just connect, have a glass of wine together, you know, share a story, whatever. But, you know, we're all feeling this way right now, caged up. So do what you right. can to make those connections. Right. All right. So moving right along. And again, if you have questions that we're not addressing, please feel free to put them in the chat box. Um, 
Okay, Pam, when would you suggest families use screen sharing during the entire Thanksgiving meal or just at a specific time? Well, this is one of those questions like what age should you have a cell phone? Where it yeah. really depends <laughs> on what you're doing and, you know, best practices for Zoom is not sitting in front of a screen for hours on end. However, that doesn't mean you can't set your laptop up, turn on Zoom while you're cooking and talk to someone else who's doing the same thing in the kitchen and let that run for hours. And it, you know, you can also put your laptop on the table, set a place setting for um, whatever family members aren't, you know, in residence at that time so that they feel that they're welcome to join in. But at the same time, recognize that sometimes sitting on Zoom for a while or doing something, if you're not playing a game, you're not doing activities, becomes um, less comfortable. So have a specific time, you know, everybody log on, we're going to have a Thanksgiving toast or a holiday toast at five o'clock. And, you know, so that everyone can participate, but they don't feel some obligation to hang on, you know, for just watching people when they can't be there. So I think it's really adjusting to your people, your context and how people like to engage. Yeah. And, you know, I would really direct you to Pam's blog on the Media Psychology Research Center, she wrote a terrific blog post about Zoom fatigue, which is a real thing. So <laughs> really good read. I, I really hope that you make time to read that. Um, so a couple other things along those lines is, um, oh, I, I did a webinar recently and I learned a great tip. And this is for families that have really small children that are trying to work at home right now, a little off topic, but it applies to what you were just talking about, Pam. Um, Skype, FaceTime, whatever, put the grandparents on the laptop and set them in the room with the small children who are playing. So the grandparents are there virtually and kind of keeping an eye on the kids that are playing in the room while mom or dad are in the other room doing work or whatever they need to be doing. And if little Johnny sets the house on fire, grandpa can send you a text message or whatever. <laughs> but I just thought, what a great way to use a tool to stay connected and have them kind of help you out in a tough time. So that was a good idea. And then as Pam said, you know, all of us are feeling the Zoom fatigue of staring at a screen so long. So really don't expect to spend hours on Thanksgiving, but maybe your family can all get together at seven o'clock for the toast or during dessert or just during a really important time like that. So what is Pam's blog site? Oh, she put it up there for you. Is that correct, Pam? Yes. Okay. Yeah, well, or either that or PamelaRutledge.com. Perfect. Um, let's see. Here's a good one. Um, our immediate family has been very careful during COVID, avoiding events and family gatherings. Yet some of my extended family members are not careful at all. And this is causing a lot of tension and anxiety within our family. Any thoughts on this? Well, you know, I think this is, this is a complex issue because there's more than one thing going on here. Anxiety from COVID, all of that is really is real, right? And it in that kind of level of anxiety influences all the decisions that we make. And some people are, are more risk bearing than others. And, you know, other people, you know, have less concerns about certain things. So the really important thing is, you are the only person who is protecting you. So be, give yourself permission to set the boundaries that will allow you to enjoy your holiday and not get guilted into activity that you feel uncomfortable with. So I think it's going to be a, it's, that's a hard thing to do, but it's really important to feel like you have the right to be as safe as you need to be. And then there's, you can back that emotional support up 
with various kinds of things like mindfulness training or various apps that are available that help you deal with the stress and anxiety of COVID. And there's lots of research right now. There's no one who's free of this you know, anxiety or research. Different people have different pressures, but it's very difficult to go from a bunch of behaviors that are instinctive to having to override those continually, hugging people, touching people, all of these things that we do naturally, we now have to stop and think. That means we are exhausted before we even start the day. So cut yourself some slack. There's, um, Arias found a great virtual therapy service that I had seen too, Talkspace.com um, mm-hmm. with very um, reasonably priced support. But there's an awful lot of really excellent um, support apps, gratitude, headspace, different apps that can um, really help deal with the anxiety and stress and then make you feel stronger about drawing the lines that you need to draw. And I, I, you bring up such a good point. I mean, everyone's feeling anxious right now, especially kids. I know teaching the middle schoolers, I see it in their faces and they're slumped over and it's a really tough time for everybody and people are on edge, you know, so give everyone grace, give yourself grace. We'll get through this. The end is near, you know, any way you look at it, it can't go on too much longer. So just remember that when people are short with you or maybe cut you off in traffic or don't give you whatever, just remember that, that we're all suffering through this together and, and we'll get out of it together as well. Right. Um, yeah. yeah. So a good exercise is everybody who's on the Zoom or around your table, have them take one moment to say one thing that they're grateful for. Right. Because the more we yeah. focus on what we have and the less we focus on what we don't, the healthier emotionally and physically that will be. Right. Um, so someone did ask, will there be a recording of this video chat to share with others? We're providing excellent information. Well, thank you for that. And yes, yes, thank you. So we're going to, we're going to put together a PDF with all the stuff on it. It probably won't happen today, but it will happen soon <laughs> and we'll send it to the webinar participants. And we're also going to make it available through our newsletter at Cyberwise. So, uh, if you don't already belong to our newsletter list, go to cyberwise.org and sign up for our newsletter and we'll pop both the video and the PDF with all this information into the next newsletter. So uh, we wanted to do this early on in the holidays so that you guys could have access to this in the next month or so. And um, as I mentioned earlier, uh, we'll be doing this every two weeks. We think our next topic is going to be a hot one. Uh, It's going to be, should I buy, should you buy your child a smartphone for the holidays? So we get asked that question. How many times do you get asked that question? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> a lot. Yeah. Probably not so, as many as you though. Yeah. So we'll be addressing that and s- sort of the things that you want to help your kids know how to do before you buy them a connected device. Right. Um, yeah. So I'm looking forward to that. That'll be in two weeks and we're going to open it up for questions. If there are any, before we say goodbye to you. Um, thank you, Arius, for being so good thank at yes. keeping that chat box full of links. Awesome. I know. Um, right. But does anyone have a question before we say adieu? Yeah, because I can't read and talk at the same time. Yeah. Um, yeah, no question. So we'll leave it a second. All right, Pamela, thank you so much. Oh, so These are great ideas. So You're welcome, Gloria. <laughs> it's so thank much you. fun to always talk with you. So, you know, we, we tried starting these about five years ago and then we just dropped the ball. So I'm really happy to We're be back. able to We're start back. this. We're back. 
Yeah. <laughs> We're excited to talk about this stuff and hopefully put some good information out there. So thank you to those who attended today, either via Indeed. webinar or Facebook Live. It's our first Facebook Live. So hopefully I know that's exciting. <laughs> and uh, look forward to talking to you again um, in a couple of weeks. Absolutely. All right. And happy Thanksgiving to and everyone. Happy Thanksgiving Please, to um, everyone. Grateful that you were able to join us today. Indeed. All right. Bye, Pam. Bye, Erin. Bye, Dan. <laughs>